Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Auburn Tigers fall 28-21 to to the Ole Miss Rebels. Let's talk about it today on the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What's up, what's up, what's up, Auburn family? How are we doing today? Uh, It's Blake and Dustin. We're back for another episode. And the Auburn Tigers uh, fall last night inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium, 28-21. to uh, Dustin, you were there, man. I hope you had a blast. I know you want to tell us all about it. Uh, but first, how are you doing today? I'm all right, man. I got my eye over here on the Bucks, which you won't believe this, but one of my football teams just gave up a third and long. My <laughs> goodness. I haven't yeah. seen that ever in my life. Yeah, man, just hoping for a dub today. My Bucks are tied 10 to 10 here with about a minute to go in the second with the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, I haven't won a football game pro or college, Blake, in like two to three weeks. But we're here to talk about Auburn, and our Auburn Tigers haven't won one in at least uh, at least five. We've got four uh, four L's in a row here, and then mm-hmm. we have that bye week. So, got to go, go all the way back to Sanford, man, that big Sanford Bulldog victory. Mm-hmm. Find, uh, to find yeah. a victory. Tough, tough times, man. But yeah, I had a good time. The Auburn family showed out like we always do. Before uh, before I get into it, with a shout out to everybody that came up to me and had kind words, man. Appreciate meeting all the fans. Had a great time. Shout out to my guy, Ethan, that walked uh, came up to me in, in J&M and said he loves the show. Wanted to tell you hello as well, Blake. Uh, some of your other guys, I'm forgetting y'all's name, but we appreciate y'all. So had a good time, man. Uh, Haley, Jazzy, it was good to see the family and all that. And uh, But I gotta be real with you, Blake. I'm tired of I'm tired of going up to Auburn and c- coming away talking about how good of a time I have because I don't have a victory to talk about. It's getting old, man. Um, well, you know, Dustin, I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you or anybody else, but um, that's why I'm not there, brother. Yeah. Um, no, this that's is my last year for a long time. Yeah, um, and I, I can't blame you. I can't blame you. Uh, it it. Man, when you sit down and you watch it on the TV, uh, that place was rocking last night. Absolutely rocking. Do you hear me? Uh, you could feel it. You could feel the energy. And then I look up in the fourth quarter and we've thrown for 45 yards. 45 yards. That was a real stat against the 82nd best defense in the country. We had thrown for 45 total yards. Crazy. And, and, Dustin, we get on here and we talk about uh, it should be this quarterback, it should be that quarterback, um, it's nine time, uh, some people fight for Peyton Thorne. Uh, you know, at this point, I don't know who it should be anymore. I really don't. Like, it all looks bad. You know, there was booze in the stadium last night. And, and like we talked about last episode, don't boo a player, all right? And, and that didn't happen. But you could hear on the TV, the boo birds were starting to come out when the rotation of the quarterback started happening. All right. Dustin, talk a little bit about that and some of the rotations. The one that got me was 
third and one. We want to bring Peyton in. We get an illegal substitution. We move back to third and six, and then we put Robbie back in the game. What are we doing? What are we doing? The the same thing that we've done for seven games. I mean, it's like I said when we when we gave our prediction, and you take away this garbage time touchdown, Blake, and we said we both said thirty one to seventeen. It would have been twenty eight fourteen. The game played out the way that me and you expected it played out. Defense, guys like Marcus Harris just keeping you in the game, you know, playing their ass off. What a game from Keldrick Falk getting into all that. Uh, crowd keeping you in. Like you said, the place was jumping, man. But what I love to do, Blake, is I love to watch the old heads, man. The Auburn fans have got some gray hair and got a few years under them. Yep. And because uh, they, they're experienced, they know. If they've watched the bar fields, they've been through the good times, they've watched the Pat Dyes, you know, I mean, they, they've been to the bad, they've seen everything. And they just, a lot of them, I'm, I'm sitting there talking to them, and they're just like, man, this is – I've never seen this. Because you've seen bad game plans, right? We've all mm-hmm. seen a bad offensive game plan from Auburn. Hell, I've seen a fourth and two versus Alabama where Auburn was still in the game where Gus Malzahn trotted out our fullback and took a direct snap with him and had him throw the ball. I saw a play versus Clemson where we had three quarterbacks on the field at one time. Mm-hmm. I've seen some tight end sweet passes under Gus Malzahn. I've seen it all. Mm-hmm. But for seven games – to see the continued rotation at quarterback and the, the situation that you played out, bro, it was, yeah, that's when the boo birds come out. Yep. And I want to be very clear on that because I was there and I heard what was being said. I heard the people booing that were standing right beside, you know, like it was not about Peyton or Robbie. People were booing and then screaming, pick a guy. And when we got that penalty, man, the frustration, cause like it literally, this is literally how it went. Okay. You're hype. You hype yourself up all day. You know that you have to play your role. And the game starts, and, you know, you start booging a little bit, and you've, you've been the tiger walk, the eagle flies, and, okay, we can do this. You fool yourself full of the hope, right? Um, it's just – it's intoxicating. It's hard to not do that. And then as it plays out, listen, you know, we saw Robbie come out in the first drive, and I had talked to our guy Mike G earlier in the day, and he was saying all along that was the game plan that Robbie is going to get the first drive, but don't get excited. They, they're going to continue to do this system. And, and Hugh said after the game, we're going to do this. Auburn will do this as long as Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford is on the roster. They're not going to change it. That's Hugh's made that clear in press conferences, and he made that abundantly clear last night. So yeah. I don't think – so to answer your question, Blake, I don't kind of dancing all around it. I, I don't think Hugh thinks it's a problem. Now, we look at it, and we think that third and one is better than third and six. We look at it versus Cal, and we say, okay, we have the situation here. Okay, A&M, we have the situation here. We can go down the list of times we have that exact scenario play out, and we continue to do it. So at this point, seven games in, I think that Hugh does not think that that is a problem, and Hugh is not bothered by third and one versus third and six. And you can say, Dustin, well, that's stupid, and – I hear you. You know what I'm saying? But what? But all I can do is look at what I'm wanting. All I can do is look and analyze, right? And if you continue to make the same mistake over and over and over again and you don't change it, then I have to start to think that he doesn't think it's a mistake. So I don't think that Hugh Priest thinks that that, that that rotation of quarterback, that swapping of personnel had anything to do with that penalty. I'm not saying it did or didn't. I'm just saying at this point, I don't think he thinks that's why. Now, if that's true or not, I'm not sure. It sure does look to me like it happens an awful lot when we do that. 
and I watch a whole lot of football, and I don't see any other teams doing that. But who am I to argue with the guy that's get you know that knows it? I mean, you know. It was even the play call after Robbie come back in. We hand the ball off to Jarquez. We did that backed up too. Remember when we were backed up on a possession? I remember the exact time of the game. We were backed yeah. up, and then we changed quarterbacks, bring in Peyton to hand it off to Robbie or to hand it off uh, to hand it off on third down. And obviously, we don't get it, and it's like third and six, and you're backed up. I actually kind of understand being conservative there, but again. Wouldn't if you were going to run the ball there? Why did you bring in Peyton Thorne? Was it was it? I think they're going to think we're going to pass with Thorne here, so then we'll actually hand it off. Like if you're going to run it there, keep in the run the run threat. And look, I know that the the passing numbers aren't there, and I'm not saying that like Robbie lit it up or nothing uh, in the air, but like the couple of plays where he was just kind of scrambling around in the dink and dunks again. I'm not saying Robbie Ash was the best quarterback in the world. What I'm saying is that off-schedule stuff, to me, just appears like the best thing for our offense right now. <laughs> uh, the first drive of the game where he almost got the first down, There's uh, he came up just short. Um, there's another one where uh, I feel like he reached out and got the, the first down. I'm not sure where the hell the spot came from. Similar to the uh, the ball that he hit on the goal line, ultimately scored the next play with Jarquez and the Wildcat. But – I thought that was a crap call as well on Robbie's interception uh, and over the back foul in a football. <laughs> I mean, like the clearly a pass interference. The guy just trucks VAR and, and gets the interception. It wasn't the great, greatest pass in the world, but I'm just the, the officiating was sketchy. Um, probably sketchy on both sides. Though, if I went back and looked at it, it just seemed like a little, just a, a bad officiating crew. But yeah, man, it's, it doesn't, it's killing the flow, Blake. And that's why I tweeted out during the game. It's sucking the life out of the stadium. Yeah. And I mean that. Like, when the when the QBs get rotated, it sucks the life out of Jordan Hare. The fans are completely over it. And then and then it's not working. So, you suck it out. Everybody. And, I'm like, those were the boos because, like, again, they were followed by words. And everyone's saying, what are we doing? I'm sick of this. It's, it wasn't even pro-Robbie or pro-Payton last night, Blake. It was pro-pick a guy. Yeah. Just pick somebody was was what everybody was begging. And walking out of that stadium, and again, you, you get to see Auburn fans filing out super early. I, I'm i not going to file out of a game with eight minutes to go down two touchdowns. That's kind of stupid yeah. in my opinion. And you saw an onside kick, and all of a sudden you're on and popping at damn near an empty stadium at that point. I was still there. But, um, yeah, man, I get the frustration. It's, it's really aggravating, and uh, it's just confusion. And I think that everybody was just confused. And at this point, I don't think that the the anger or frustration is directed at Thorne or directed at you know at uh, at Robbie or I didn't hear a whole lot of well put Holden in there or anything like that. And by the way, I saw Holden sneak onto the field. That didn't fool anybody. Um, but yeah, man. So just uh, just a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration, and and you can't make it make sense to us, but it makes sense to the guys that are making the decisions. So I think that just uh, the fan base, the results. The results in the fan base are at odds with the head coach right now. I I really don't know any other way to put that. Well, look, I want to ask you this. Going back to the first first drive of the game, you know, we get the ball around midfield. We got a fourth and two. We decide to go for it. Robbie, he doesn't get it. Um, How did you feel about that, Dustin? Because I'll tell you, I hated it. I did not like that. All right? And – 
that early in the game, like I always tell you and the guys at the War Report and the College Loop, I am not a fan of going for it on fourth down in the first half. I'm not. I'm not. I, I hate it. I think it's stupid. Um, if you don't get it there, you give Ole Miss 48 yards to score. I think that's – with the, the way Jackson Dart and that offense had been playing up to that point uh, in the season, like like we said the other night, they were walking 30-burger. Yeah. And we kept them from 30. And you handed them seven points on a silver platter to open the game up. Handed them seven points. Yeah, I, it was frustrating. I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why we wouldn't punt the ball there, Dustin. All right, you got Oscar Chapman. That's a weapon. That's a weapon. He can pin somebody inside the 20, the 15, or even the 10. Why are we not doing that? The way our defense has played this year, why are we not doing that? And then you even get to see that Jackson Dart wasn't even on his game last night. He was mid last night. You got you got the 2022 version of Jackson Dart last night. He threw a pick. He threw a pick. And we said on the preview show, that's what Auburn had to do. It's force him into a turnover and throw a pick. And we did that. DK returned it for 40 yards down the sideline. We're set up in position, and we can't capitalize on anything. Nothing. I, I don't get it. Dustin, what did you think about going for it there? Yeah, because if you pin him deep, then and you know I mean you see that like the what we see the game a lot alike in that sense of just play the game out man it's a four quarter game take the points there's no reason to yep. get crazy you're not going to win the game on the first drive even if you go down here and score you're not going to win it right now um yeah you punt them you pin them deep and they face that Jordan here crowd and they're back at the 10 15 yard line and you, you know and then you get a stop and all of a sudden you get field position which your offense desperately needs instead they come right out and score when you've already lost three, four, well, three games at that point in a row. Yeah, then it, it, the whole crowd goes, Ugh. all right, we got to hype us. You know, you, you got to hype yourself. It's just, it's, that's, yep. that's, man, good God, at the amount of digging deep into your Auburn fandom and hyping yourself up, you have to do these days, right? Um, I, yeah, I just thought it was, I, I didn't like it at all, man. And um, obviously it didn't work out. And my, my main problem with it, Blake, is show me a crucial third or fourth and short this year we've converted. And I'll, you know, just point, point out one to me. Man, look, you you mentioned old heads, right? Well, you know, I always watch the game with my pops and everything. So we're sitting there last night, first drive. They decide to go for it. Man, my dad lost it. Yeah. He lost it. And I was sitting, I was sitting, you know, right next to him and everything. And, and I was like, man, what are we doing? And when my dad gets fired up like that, I, I know, hey, he's pissed off. All right, like, like he's to the point where he he's wanting to go to Auburn and say, like, hey, what's the deal? You know, like, why why are we going for it here? Okay, it ain't like you're still in a possession there. No, what it was, what it was is like we fumbled the football at the fifty. That's what it was. It's a turnover. turnover. It's a turnover. And and th- that's what my dad was saying last night, man. He was like, I just don't understand why we're going for it in that position 
that early in the game with the way your defense has played it this year. You know, like I, I just – I don't understand some of the things that we do. I don't understand the play calls – I don't think anybody understands the play calls. I don't understand some of the personnel uh, issues. I mean, Caleb, Caleb Burton. Why? Why is? Why are we not getting the ball to Caleb Burton? He just keep because Blake. We he has good weeks in practice, and we start him, and then we don't get in the reps with throwing the ball. He gets rewarded with a start. Yeah, he, he gets a start, and then when he you do throw it to him, he catches it. All right. Yeah, I, Jay Fair. Why are we only going to Jay Fair one time? Rivaldo sure did start to eat when he started getting the ball thrown to him, didn't he? Exactly. Like Rivaldo, what do you have? Six catches, seven catches, something like that. I something yeah. I can't remember. I, I'm not looking at the stats or anything like that. Um, but I, I just I don't get some of the personnel stuff that we do. Um, you know, and I saw Jake Crane say today that a lot of Auburn fans want to start going more up tempo because right there at the end of the game, you started seeing more up tempo and everything. Well, that's also too when Ole Miss is, is rushing three, dropping eight at the end of the game, up two scores. That's why you kind of see yeah. Auburn start dinking and dunking here and completing some more stuff. Uh, but Jake said, you know, it's hard for Auburn to go up tempo. Because you're not you're not successful on first and second down, so you're getting into third and seven, third and six, and you're not getting it. So if you go up tempo, you're having to punt, and then your defense is having to go out on the field. All right, they get a stop, and then you come right back to up tempo. You don't get a first down. You don't move the football, and then your defense is right back on the field. All right, so. I don't know what the answer is for this offense. I don't think there is an answer for this offense, Dustin. I don't. I, I think I think we're at a lost cause right now because we said we wanted Robbie. All right. We look up in the fourth quarter, we've thrown for 45 yards. It's just it's not working. I'm not saying that that. Robbie doesn't make the offense better or whatever. I'm just saying it's not working. Okay, it's it, we're we're not going to win SEC games with Robbie at quarterback. All right, uh, Peyton, it's not working. All right, he's not it. He's not the answer. We're not going to win SEC football games with Peyton Thorne as our starting quarterback. Holden Garner, not going to happen. We don't have a guy on the roster that can help us compete. In this league, we don't. It, it's it's proven. I've seen seven games this year. Peyton Thorne was a miss. Uh, we just we don't have we don't have that guy, man. I really feel like when people say that Auburn is a quarterback away, Dustin, we do have other things wrong on the roster. But we beat Ole Miss last night if we have a quarterback. There's so there's there's so much to this. So this is where I'm at. So. I'm looking at that recruiting section. Um, the recruiting continues to go well. You know, we felt like we got some commitments yesterday that will be that will be announced soon. Um, mm. The recruiting section was packed. They left. They never left. They stayed the whole game. That's a big difference in what I saw 
first Penn State last year, where the boys cleared out midway through the second quarter. Um, there's a lot of, and again, a lot of big time guys there. I went and saw Cam Coleman Friday night. The man put up 298 yards, four touchdowns on Auburn High. Just an absolute clinic, dude. I honestly, bro, I've I haven't seen anything like it up close in person since I was, you know, with Trent Richardson at Escambia High in Pensacola. Just, just yeah. a surefire. Like this guy is going to hit. There's no way he can miss. That's how I feel about Cam Coleman. If Cam Coleman's a five star, then you get him five more because he's a freaking ten star. That, mm. I, I can't put it. A guy like that shows up, right? What even supposed to be there? Ryan Williams, boy, there's a lot of smoke there. So I see the dudes. Me and you've seen Perry up close. We know what he's all about. We saw that catch in the corner of the end zone versus Baker. We know what that what that kid's made of. Yep. So the argument of guys are on the way and they're not on the roster, everyone knows I, I ride with that. Everyone knows how much I value recruiting. And I said from the get-go, who doesn't have the guys he needs? The red flags and questions that I have, are in the way the quarterbacks are being used. So yeah. do we have do we have a guy that is that dude? I don't think so either. I agree with you. Now, I think Holden Gurner is going to be a good quarterback. I hope it's at Auburn. But my argument for Holden is this. I don't think that the personnel is there for Holden to showcase his capabilities right now. I think Holden is the kind of guy that needs a handful of receivers that he can stand back and throw it around to. I bet if you put Holden Gurner on Tennessee and started him week one, he'd be finding his groove right now. I believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a – because there's something happened last night that kind of slapped the whole experience argument in the face. I'm not saying experience doesn't matter, but at some point people just got to get it. And there's a – Emory Williams is a true freshman, 18 years old, from my hometown here in Pensacola. He's actually from Milton, which is like right beside – kind of, you know, Milton or Mobile yeah. Theodore type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Van Dyke is hurt or whatever. I know he's had his ups and downs in Miami. He doesn't play last night. Kid steps in as a true freshman, wins the game. I know he didn't light it up, but he did what was necessary to win the game and made the plays for Miami to win the game. Experience be damned. True freshman, 18 years old, at quarterback. I just so it's not about I think Holden can step in and do some things at some programs right now. I don't think we have the guys. I don't think I don't think that Shane Hooks, Jair Shorter, Jay Fair, Cam Brown, any of these guys, Omar Kelly. I don't think this core of wide receivers, and I'm not crapping on them individually. These guys as a group collectively is not a good enough group for Holden to showcase what he can do. They're they're not going to bring out the best in Holden. Holden's going to step back, throw the ball where the ball's supposed to be, and they're not going to be there. That's just the fact of the matter. So I don't think that Holden – I don't even – you know what I mean? Like, I hope – I hope this is the way the phone call went with his parents this week. Hello, Mr. Garner. We're just keeping him on the shelf because we ain't got the dudes. Please don't transfer. I hope hope that was kind of the the tone of that. But for the other two guys, man – I uh, again, I think it's Robbie for the standpoint of his legs. And I'm not saying Robbie Ashford's all SEC. I don't think he's going to win the Heisman. I'm just saying that our offense is so bad that that extra dynamic is needed. And if he's not the most accurate passer in the world, the other guy's not the most accurate passer in the world. So at least there's some kind of big play capability with, you know, with like again, on some of those plays that I hate, I hate doing this on the one where they missed the obvious face mask. I can't remember exactly how many yards Thorne picked up on that one. But that's a good run, a good read, and a good play by Thorne. But if you give Robbie that hole, he might house it. 
And again, that's my problem with him taking him off the field so much. It's like, I don't know, man. Like I remember games with Nick Marshall where we completed two or three passes and won the game. Now, yes, different scenario, different dynamic and all that. But that's just that's where I that's where I because I tweeted out today I I now have questions about Hugh Freeze. And people are obviously taking that the wrong way. Oh my God. Brother, his resume at Auburn started game one versus UMass. I'm allowed to now observe and ask questions. And I'm asking, why on third and one all season have you rotated quarterbacks to the detriment of the team? Because, again, I think, like I said earlier, I think he thinks it works, Blake. I think he thinks it's the right decision because he keeps making it. But it keeps working out negatively. So it doesn't appear to work to anybody else. So now I'm asking, am I crazy for now saying, so, so hear me out here. So people are saying, we just got to get Walker White. We got to get Walker White. Let's say Walker White hits. Let's say he's everything the Auburn fan base ho- hopes he is. How am I now to have faith that he's going to be deployed properly by this coach? You're going to point back to what he did at Liberty and Ole Miss? Well, that's fantastic. That don't do a damn for me. Any of that Ole Miss or Liberty? I, I, I'm judging Auburn. And what I've seen from seven games – And then the answer that was given last night, that it's not the problem. Well, I don't think it's the whole problem. I think that the job that Gus Malzahn did in recruiting his last couple years, the complete lack of care that Brian Harson put into recruiting, all of those things. Hear me out when I say this. I want to make this very clear. We might have to clip this. I don't want Hugh Freeze fired. Yeah. But guess what's going to happen in basketball this season? And, Blake, you know I love Bruce Pearl. There's going to be times where I come in and say, maybe that final, that final, you know, play call to Wendell wasn't it. Maybe Wendell's 0 for 6 in late game shot scenarios, and we probably should have drawn it up for somebody different that time. We're allowed to look and criticize and question. And I think it's fair after the seven games that we've seen, 2012 level type Auburn offense. I think it's fair to ask some questions. And I want to get your answer on this, Blake. We know it's the first year, right? We know that the cover was bare. You will not hear me until – if this continues, let's say this continues into well into year two. That's when you'll hear me start to say, okay, what in the world? But right now all I'm saying is red flags. Red flags can be taken down. I'm not mm-hmm. jumping on the on the Hugh Freeze got to go. I don't believe in Hugh Freeze. No, no, I'm just saying I'm raising a red flag. I can hop on that string and pull it right back down. They can figure it out. But I want to ask you – I want to ask you this, Blake. In 2008, we went five and seven, right? Tubbs gets fired, all that. Cody Burns, Chris Todd, not the world's best quarterback room, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't Hughes' buddy Gus figure out a way to make that offense competent? We went eight and five. I'm not saying we lit the world up, but were we not competent on offense that year with a yeah. lack of weapons? Yeah. Isn't it possible? Yeah. And I think that's why majority of the fan base is so frustrated right now because we keep seeing the same thing over and over and over. And now that you're seven weeks in, people are saying, hey, why haven't we seen a change? All right. Because obviously what you're doing isn't working. All right. So you throw Robbie out to start the game. And the only reason I think they did that is because the entire internet was saying nine time and they wanted to get a big reaction out of the crowd. 
All right. And then right after the first drive, you're pulling. All right. And there goes the starting of the rotation of quarterbacks. And you keep seeing the same result. And um, at the end of the day, when somebody does that, um, it's it's called craziness because, <laughs> you know, I mean, you you look at it and you say, hey, when you continue when you continually um, do the same thing over and over, expecting a different result and it doesn't work. You're crazy. All right. <laughs> so. Um, I really, when I break it down, Dustin, I really do feel like I really do feel like Hugh Freeze kind of looks at this season and he says, hey, just it might get bad and it might look ugly, but just hang on. Just hang on with me. All right. Just hang on. But then that makes me look crazy because I'm sitting there telling our fan base, hey, I'm tired of you having this losing mentality. <laughs> like, I'm tired of you walking into Jordan-Air Stadium going, well, I, you know, I come back and, you know, we're going to lose. Like Dustin said, I don't know why I went up there this Saturday. I mean, it was a blast, but, you know, man, I'm tired of driving back home a loser. And and I'm sitting there going, man, hey, like, we got to stop having that attitude where we're going into Jordan here and we're going to lose to Georgia and we're going to lose to to Ole Miss and all this. But at the end of the day, Dustin, I really do feel like he's just kind of – he's just kind of looking at it as like, hey, I'm here to recruit, all right? And then you got the, you got the Auburn fans out there that say, well, hey, we're ninth in the SEC in recruiting. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words for what I saw last night. I, I don't know. I don't know what to turn to. I don't. No. So here's here's where I'm at with it, and I think this is fair. Um, when when you let's say let's let's use this analogy. When you become the head coach at Auburn, there's a there's a good path. There's a bad path. Right path, wrong path. Which one are you gonna start off on? Um. And this is such this is so tough because recruiting and on the field are completely different. But mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think right now, since the season started, and we'll just keep it on the field. Um, I think Hughes headed down the wrong path, and what I mean is, and he's not too far down it, mm-hmm. you know. But Brian Harsha started walking down that path in terms of recruiting, yeah. And then the the on field stuff showed itself eventually, but he started off six and two. But there was a lot of stuff going – that was all smoke and mirrors. You know, right? there was a lot of stuff happening where that was never going to stand. Bo got hurt and all the problems showed themselves. Um, you saw how fractured that locker room was. There was a lot of culture issues and, you mm-hmm. know, a, a lot of stuff. Yep. And so he gets started off on the wrong path, and he kept going. And then whenever that all that, that, that crucial that crucial first offseason after Harson's first year hit, he had a choice to make. He could have really started recruiting – you know, he, we all know what happened with the investigation and everything and all the noise and the embarrassment that that was for everybody. Um, and he wanted to stick it to everybody, you know, and, and do his thing and keep doing it the way that he was doing it. And he continued down that wrong path and it never got right. And what he didn't do was he never built himself any any side roads to get back on the right path via recruiting. Right. Mm-hmm. So Hughes going down the wrong path. 
But I feel like he's got a whole bunch of side roads he's created along the way to where he can get back right. Yeah. But the only point I'm making is, is right now he's headed down the wrong road. And what I mean with that is, is if you come out here and go five and seven, you're headed on the wrong path. Because if you start losing games next year, see, everyone says this year, well, not everyone, but people, but this idea that this year is just a wash, this is on your resume. I'm going to keep saying that. It's a point of reference. So if we start off, I don't have the next year schedule in front of me. Let's say we start off four and three next year. Then what? You go five and seven this year, then start four and three next year, and you're still seeing problems on offense. Then what? That's the thing. That's that's the point I'm making. Is that I don't care what anybody says. Losing four SEC games in a row is headed down the wrong. You know what I mean? Now, again, this isn't, I'm not, I, I want to be clear in this analogy that I'm not saying this is doomed. You know what I mean? There's a ton of, hey, get some of these big time commitments. Hit on, actually, actually get a quarterback this time at the portal and hit on it. But then you got to stick with them. And that's my whole thing is the, my concern and my red flag is raised when you see a problem and you don't think it's a problem and you refuse to remedy it. I'm sitting here going, I'm, I just want to be the person that says, hey, this is concerning. Because whenever Harson wasn't recruiting well, there was a lot of people, Blake, that Sunshine pumped and said, he'll figure it out. He's coming from Boise. He's got to get it. It's going to be okay. He'll get it. He'll get it. And he never did. It kept going that direction. Yep. And I was the one, I don't want to say the one person, like the, obviously the people that, that actually talked to the recruits, the recruiting guys were really the ones saying, hey, man. Pay attention to this. This is not what it needs to be. Um, but so I didn't mean to say say that, but I was there early going, hey, even at six and two, you know, I was going, this is a problem. We shouldn't be losing the Connor Lose of the world because the kid wants to come to all like there's something's up here. Mm -hmm. We're 50th in recruiting, something's up. This guy's not doing it. And ultimately it showed itself. I don't, and I'm not saying that Hugh Freeze era is going to end that way. But what I'm not going to do after what I sat in that stadium and watched last night is act like that was remotely competent. What I hope is, is that Hugh saw how big the Auburn job was and maybe thought, I got, I, he maybe got a little just, there's so many things I got to do. And he thought that he could kind of step away from the offense and trust a veteran guy like Philip Montgomery. I think Hugh thought, I can trust this guy to put yep. together an offense and I can focus on other things. I think now he's found out I can't trust this guy. This is a mess. This isn't working. And he's just trying to get through the season. Yep. And it's it's really, really tough to watch. I, I just where, – where my issue with it comes in is you're the head coach. You're responsible for the product on the field. I wish you would just come in and just put together some kind of game plan. And at this point, I'm just cool going down with the, with the ship. But let but let's pick a ship to go down with. Yeah, yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. I always kind of felt like uh, he just kind of viewed this season as a wash, and like he wanted to recruit. And I love you know I love you saying that about about Philip Montgomery and and the the trust thing right there is is. I do think people people ask that all the time. They're like, well, how did you call plays at Ole Miss and Liberty? And then you come to Auburn and you forget how to do everything. 
Well, I agree with what you said, Dustin, is because I feel like he was looking at this and going, man, hey, I trust Philip Montgomery, and I'm just going to sit back and recruit this year mm -hmm. because we don't have the depth. We don't have the guys. All right. And, and look, we got the guys to compete. Okay. We got the guys to compete to hang around, but we don't have the guys to win, man. Mm -hmm. All right. We don't have the guys to win. 14-14 ball game last night. You get the ball around midfield, Dustin. You don't have the guys to win. You got a couple guys to compete, to hang around. A Jarquez Hunter get loose. You got a couple guys to compete. But you start looking at Perry Thompson's and, and like you said, Cam Coleman's. That right. boy's so bad, bro. Ryan <laughs> Williams, right? So but then I, I look at I look at you get them on campus and you you got twenty six yards passing in the third quarter. Unreal. So it's all just it, it's all aggravation at this point. It's all uh, frustration, aggravation, because we've been going down this path since twenty twenty. Man, I haven't felt good about football. Since COVID, like, it, it's it's not fun. This ain't Auburn. This is the first time in 70 years, Dustin, they've beat us back-to-back. -back. The first time in 70 years, bro. They, this ain't Auburn. Like, like, and I know it's year one. Nobody should be hopping off the train. Hugh, Hugh will get it right, man. I truly believe he will get it right. I told you last night. I said, Hugh – He's 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 got us. All right, he's going. I'm, I'm going, and I'm I've I've just gone from that to I don't know. Hey, I understand. I understand. I understand. I understand why. Um, I understand that, but I also look at the reason why I say he's going to get us right, Dustin, is because I look at people like Mike Norvell. All right, and Florida State was on his ass. All right, they were hey, hey, this guy sucks. Uh, he come from Memphis. He was a he was a G five coach. He's not the guy. And in my opinion, they're about to win the college football. Well, I don't know if they're going to win the national championship, but they might play for it. All right, but right now they're looking damn good. All right, so that that was a little bold of me to jump the gun and say they might win it, but they're going to be in that playoff. All right, because they're going upside. That Johnny Wilson and Cam Coleman, um, and that Jordan Travis and in in that backfield they got. I mean, those dudes they got some dogs on offense and some good ones on defense. But uh, I, I look at, you know, I, I look at, um, um, man, mine went blank. Uh, Tennessee, Josh Heupel. All right, mm -hmm. I know, I know they're not having the year that everybody thought they were, but you just look at. They were so bad for so long, all right? They were so bad for so long, Dustin. And he comes in, a mediocre first year, and then second year, bang, they win 10 games. Third year, you know, it's 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 a building block, man. Like, like he had to get Tennessee back right. He had to get some guys in there because they had dudes to be competitive, but they didn't have dudes – to win in the SEC. Um, 
and I feel like I feel like Hugh Hugh knows what it takes, man. And I know it sucks. It sucks, right? Like we hate doing this. Me, and, let me tell you guys something. Me and Dustin do this a lot. All right, we do this a lot, and 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 we talk every day. And every single day, we always say, "Man, it sucks talking about losing." Because you gotta you gotta scramble around and try to find things to say because you're down as a fan. Because I woke up this morning and I was like, man, I have no motivation. Like after what I watched last night, zero motivation. It sucks being an Auburn fan right now. Um I mean, it just it it wasn't fun. You know, it wasn't fun. Then I then I had to hear a a 30-minute phone call from my dad, Dustin, and and he was just reeling things off of, of <laughs> you know, we suck, um, and and I had to listen to that, and, um, you know, but he always keeps telling me, he's like, man, you got to give him time, first year, first year. Um, and, and another coach I'd like to point out is, is, man, look at Mario Cristobal. People were on his ass last year, all right? He got, he got beat by 30 by Middle Tennessee State, all right, 30. People are on his ass, and now they're five and two in year two, all right. Um, we'll see how that finishes. I, I, I know, I know, but they did just beat Clemson last night. Yeah, neither. Um, but he, he's five and two right now. They're, they're going to do better than what they did last year. Um, I look at Brett Venables, Dustin. Brett, uh, Brett Venables. Brent Venables, look, he goes out to Oklahoma. They're used to going to the college football playoff. They go six and seven last year. And they were on his neck. Hey, you come from Clemson. You're supposed to have these great defenses. And where is it at? And now look at Oklahoma. Mm. They were battle tested yesterday. Gus Malzahn took a team in there, and they were battle tested. And they found a way to win because that's what championship teams do. Now, I don't think Oklahoma is a threat to the to the national title or anything, but he's recruiting his ass off. He's getting guys out there because he knows what it takes to win in the SEC because they're coming here next year. So he's going to build a defense to compete. Uh, and they were, they were on his ass and, and it's now look at him. He's winning, bro. So uh, I know it sucks right now. I'm aggravated. I'm frustrated. I say things uh, and, I just want to win, dude. Like, I have this passion, Dustin, where I told you and Ike the other night, when me and you were growing up, Auburn was competing for titles, bro. Yeah. We weren't We weren't down with Vanderbilt and Arkansas and Mississippi State and Kentucky. And that's where we're at right now. And I um, – I hate it, bro. Like I hate it. I hate it. I, like I don't want my son to grow up and him look at me and say, "Dad, well, you know, why don't we ever go to Auburn games?" I'm like, "Well, we suck. That's why." Mm-hmm. You know, like it's tough, man. It's aggravating. A lot um, of time, a lot of time and money to watch. You know, and you just don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, look, Dustin. One thing I do want to. One thing I do want to do is I want us to talk positivity for a minute. And a guy that you uh, were really high on was Connor Lou, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about his his performance, uh, what he's been doing, um, 
And you want to give any shout outs to any guys that you think uh played up to par last night? Yeah, uh I mean Marcus Harris, bro. Like yeah, <laughs> that dude is having a hell of a year. Um, I can't imagine the NFL scouts are not watching his film from this year and salivating. I mean, the the dude is straight up balling and he gave it his all last night. He never quit. Um, he won just about every rep from what I saw, just just eight. Uh, so appreciate him, appreciate his effort. There's been a lot of times where Marcus Harris, and he's been at Auburn, has had his back up against the wall as a defender. His offense has failed him. His head coaches have failed him. His offensive staff has failed him. And he just continues to play really, really hard and make plays. And that's all that you can ask him to do. Um, there's 11 guys out there, right? He can only do his job. So really appreciate how hard Marcus Harris played. I appreciate how hard the defense played. We're, what, seven games in? Six of those games, I'm happy with the way the defense played. The one game I'm not happy with, played one of the best offenses in the country, if not the best offense in the country, on the road at night. So 48 points is never excusable. Um, but overall, man, you're going to have bad games. And so I think that overall you can look at our defense and say they're good. So good defense. The guys continue to play hard. And with the um, with the whole turmoil, right, like the Wesley McGriff, Ron Roberts situation, uh, I kind of expected it to be a little bit worse. There was one play where the Ole Miss tight end was just wide opening in the middle of the field. There's still some communication issues. Mm -hmm. I really like need to get those squared away best we can. Not too surprised with McGriff not being out there this week to see that, you know. Um, hopefully we can get that fixed up because these games are winnable and and but they're also losable. Like this idea that these Auburn fans, like me and you talk about before we hit record, people are pretending like the back half of the schedule, okay, now we're gonna start winning. That's yeah. not how that works we're a bad football team these games yep. are winnable i think we win some of them yep but we're a bad football team there's about to be mm -hmm. a bunch of we're it's about to be a bunch of bad football games we're a bad team about to play a bunch of bad teams so yeah we'll be in there um i don't think we i'll i'll leave that for later in the week um we're gonna go we're gonna beat new mexico state and but Marcus Harris played his ass off. Eugene continued to do his thing. I, I know the penalty was silly. I just now found out that the uh, the late hit was on Eugene. Am I correct on that? Yeah, it was. Because okay, I, I I didn't you know you're in the stadium. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't see who it was on. Yeah, that was that was bad. Guy was out of bounds by like five seconds. But Eugene's continued to play hard. Larry Nixon playing hard again. With I'm gonna say it every week with those guys and with Marcus, they have to play a ton of reps. Yep. And that third quarter, I don't know if we picked up a third down, a first down in the third quarter. I don't think we did. We had 14 total yards in the third quarter. And uh, you can see them. You can see them on the sideline just gassed. And they get out there and they do their thing. So appreciate all those guys for that. Uh, Keldrick Falk, man. Like, yeah. you, you, you mentioned Connor Lou and Keldrick Falk. So let's do this. Two guys up front. I don't want to see – I don't want to see uh, – it needs to be Connor Lou the rest of the year. Carlo needs to start sending the rest of the year. And we're at this point. Remember, remember what I said a couple weeks ago? We're, we're in, we're at this point now. We're three and four. Let these freshmen go. Let them go, man. If, if it's a close position battle, just let the freshmen go. Yeah. If the if the if the upperclassmen ain't getting it done, get the young cat in there. I gotta see what they got. And and maybe don't, maybe not all of them perform, right? But maybe we get some answers. But Connor Lou, that boy's ready. He's no. ready to roll. He's ready to go. He can step in for the rest of the year and start. He'll be able to start an iron bowl for us. He'll be just fine. And then next year, watch out. Keldrick Falk, watch out now. Like, watch out right now. He Unreal. What he? I mean, he, he balled, bro. Like, I don't even know what. If you watched the game, you saw it. Yep. And 
I missed on a lot of predictions this offseason, like all of them. But I did, I do feel good about that one. I said Keldrick was going to start turning it up, and he did. He has started to turn it up at the exact time that I said he would, and we needed him to. Um, I, I was in the locker room Friday before the game. I took a picture of Keldrick's locker and said, we need you to step up tomorrow, big fella, and we knew we needed him to, and he did, and that's impressive to me. Mentally, look at everything he did on the field for sure, but mentally to know I got to start tomorrow night, I got to play a lot of reps, and I got to do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. To know that and to get it done, really, really impressed with Keldrick Falk. We, uh, K and Lee, obviously, been getting a ton of reps. So Jeremiah mm-hmm. Cobb is showing flashes. There's a lot of freshmen that we can look at, Blake, and be excited for. Um, so yeah, Keldrick, dude, like run game, beast. Mm-hmm. Getting pressure on the quarterback, doing his thing. He's an all around guy. Uh, I'll say it again, man. He's a first round NFL talent. And hell, Connor Lewis is, is a he. He gonna get drafted pretty early too. Uh, we got some guys down there in the trenches, man. The, the thing is, Blake, we need more of them. One guy is not enough, right? And they don't all have to be Keldrick Falk-style dogs. They don't all have to be Connor Lou-style dogs. You need a couple of those guys, but you definitely need more than one, and you, and you need some guys that can kind of can at least help them out, especially Keldrick. So it's just depth on the D-lines, you know. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm really impressed with some of these freshmen that we've had to call upon. We've had to call on Kane Lee early. And and like I, I thought Nehemiah was playing great. He just can't he just can't get healthy this year. Yeah. Nehemiah was playing well and he gets banged up again. I'm not sure if he got came back in the game. I didn't see that. But uh yeah, so we've we've had to ask a lot of freshmen to play. A lot of them are playing and a lot of them are playing well. Another young guy, uh, you know, uh, Caleb back there in the secondary doing his thing. So young guys are getting reps. I know he played a little bit last year, um, but young guys getting reps, man, and that is encouraging. I thought that Connor Lou stepping in at center, like that's a tough spot, man, to step in at center. And to be ready to roll in a big time SEC game, that can't be lost, man. So shout out to Connor Lou, shout out and, and shout out. I'll say this, man. They don't the team, they've quit one game this year. And I'm gonna continue to call out the receiver room for their loafing and woes, but overall, the team is playing hard. Hmm. And down 28 to 14, nobody quit, Blake. Yeah. And I, I'm gonna call out the fans because 28 to 14 with eight minutes to go when you leave and it's pure bullshit. Mm. You think I wasn't frustrated? Go back and go back and play our LSU episode, the recap of the LSU episode. I think I just yelled for 50 minutes. We're all frustrated, man. We're all upset. We're all pissed, you know. But Marcus Harris doesn't deserve you filing out at 28 to 14. Cause he got you a stop. And then you got a score. And I don't know what that onside kick attempt was, but what if you got it? What yeah. if you got that onside kick with 50 seconds to go, and now you're 50 yards from scoring a touchdown and tying the game? Don't you think it would help our boys out if that stadium was full? Yep. Versus the 10,000 that were left? Come on, man. We got to be better than that. And I get it. I'm frustrated. This losing is not over football. The – Having to hear hottie toddy rang through Jordan Hare Stadium is pretty freaking disgusting. It's pretty bad. But I'll end on this, Blake. The, the the worst part about it is the Ole Miss fans didn't talk trash. I had one guy walk up to me and go, What'd y'all do with Hugh Freeze? So that's when you know you're down bad when an SEC West rival doesn't even want to talk trash to you. Mm-hmm. They're just as confused about the product they just saw as you are. And that's kind of where we're at. So I don't really have a whole lot to say other than uh, 
just keep supporting the team. You know, I'm going to turn on the TV next week, first Mississippi State, and uh, put my Auburn T-shirt on. That's all I can do, man. That's really all I, I can do. Yeah, Dustin, and, and before I give my final thoughts, and uh, I, I, one play that kind of baffled me, man, and I look at where this team is right now, was Ole Miss in the second quarter lines up to kick a field goal. They botched the snap. Mm, Drop the ball. The holder gets up. He panics. He just tosses it up in the air. Zion Puckett picks the ball off. All right. On the five-yard line and falls down. That's bad, bad IQ football. First off, they were kicking that field goal from, what, the 15? And you intercepted on the five? Bat the football down, all right? If anything, if all else, bat the football down. Knock it down, your ball at the 15. Instead, you catch it and fall. So now... You're at the five backed up against your end zone. Or if you didn't want to bat it down, you yeah, you could have caught it and realized that there was nothing but fat people on the field. Mm. And, a, and a kicker and a placeholder. That's who was on the field. At least try to give me a return. Instead, you were so hyped up that you had just got a pick that you were wanting to celebrate. It, it's just we're we're not there right now, Dustin. And what that's if we fall on that muff punt, Blake. What if we fall on that muff punt right that's, before that? Oh, that's another thing, man. Uh, just can't catch a break, can't make a play, uh, and and that's you know what we always said. We said it last year. It's a sign of a what? A bad football team. <laughs> yeah, a bad football team. And I hate to say that, bro, because yeah. we do have talent. Like, we got talent, but we're just a bad football team right now. And I had somebody DM me. I'm not going to say a name, um, but I had somebody DM me, and uh, they said, how can you talk about Auburn and predict Auburn to lose? Well, let me tell you, uh, I'm I'm not here to sugarcoat anything, all right? And I know neither is Dustin. We're not going to get on here. Like, I saw people in the locked on comments saying Auburn 27 to 24. Like, Auburn 31 to 23. Come on, y'all. Come on. It's time to accept that we're we're a bad football team. And you're talking about people in the comments. You're not calling out anybody at Locked On. No, 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 no. I'm talking about people in their comments. Like, when Zach asked, when Zach asked. I was just saying that to get for because you know how people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When people when he posts his stuff on Friday and says, "All right, Auburn fans, like, give me score predictions," I go on there and I'm like, "All right, well, let me look around." And I start seeing people, and they're like, "31 to 23, Auburn." And I'm like, "Come on now, like, what have you watched in the first six games that <laughs> makes you think we're scoring 31 points?" This ain't UMass rolling in here, big dog. We couldn't even score 31 points on Cal, one of the worst defenses in college. Football this year, they That's got. Tell us they were good. Yeah, they they got fifty five put on them by Washington. Mm. All right, so 
And I know Washington's one of the best uh, offenses in the country, but I watched them almost lose to Arizona State last night. All right, so um, I just – I don't know. And I saw our boy Ace last night. He said, well, maybe the Washington – I mean, the uh, the Cal game really told us that we were a bad football team and we just didn't want to listen. Kudos to him, man. Kudos to him. Um I don't, I don't know. It's just a mess, man. Hopefully we can turn it around. Like I said a couple episodes ago, there's a path, there's an opportunity to win some games and get bowl eligible. But for us to sit here and say that we are going to win them games, mm. that's a stretch, man. That's a stretch. Uh, I think you're booging. I think you got orange and blue goggles on. And I, let me tell you something. I love to wear orange and blue goggles, mm. but not right now. Um, I just don't see um, – I just don't see it just yet, but let's go get a dub this Saturday. Uh, we're at home. I think getting Mississippi State at home is huge. Um, you know, they're having Mike Wright quarterback problems over there. Will Rogers is out. They beat Arkansas in an absolutely terrible, awful game to watch. It was seven to three. Uh, you still got Arkansas left on the schedule. See you, Sam Pittman. You're not. You're not going to be back. Like they're going through it right now. So, um, a lot of good stuff, Dustin. But last thing I want to say here, Dustin, my final thoughts. Um, I watched the game last night, Pac-12. A guy who won the Heisman Trophy last year. A guy that come out and said in the media that he wants part ownership of the team that drafts him in this year's NFL draft. <laughs> they lost last night. All right, so they're done. They're dead. All right, they're not going to the Pac-12 championship game. They're not going to the college football playoff. They're done. His Heisman is done and everything. So I wake up this morning, Dustin. I get on Twitter. I look at it. Emmanuel Acho tweets, with national championship hopes gone, Caleb Williams should consider sitting out the rest of the season. The Heisman is a long shot. College football playoffs are even less likely, and he won't play in the bowl game. The risk of playing far outweighs the reward. It's a business decision. This is coming from a former player who played college football and in the NFL. Absolutely ridiculous. This man won the Heisman Trophy last year. USC is paying you millions in NIL. And you want to talk about seven games in sitting out because you lost two games? Man, get the hell out of here. I'm so sick of this shit. And I'm sorry to say that. I'm sorry to use the language, but I'm sick of it. You are teaching kids in today's world when things don't go right, you give up. That's what you're teaching. All right? To sit out. So what, you're just going to give up on everybody else? On your team, you're just gonna you're just gonna back out and say, oh, you know, the last the last five games, I'm out. Y'all have fun. I'm gonna sit in my LA crib and and I'll just watch y'all. I'll just watch y'all. Y'all y'all. All right. What about Mario Williams, the dude that followed you from Oklahoma? Your boy, your receiver. You're just gonna give up on him. And you want to sit there and and he's all sad and crying. Man, you ain't sad. You ain't crying. 
you're already asking NFL teams for part ownership in, in whoever drafts you. Get a hold of yourself, dog. You're not all that. You're not even the best quarterback in your conference. No. You, the media is just hyping you up right now, and you need to have a reality check. And then you got dudes on ESPN and Fox saying this stuff that you should sit out and not play. All right, well, guess what? You're already making over a million dollars in NIL. So why are you worried about money? Why are you worried about money? Because it's greed. You're greedy and you want more money. So you want to give up on the school and the university that gave you a scholarship and the guys that that have blood, sweat, and tears with you through uh, the the spring games and, and the fall workouts, uh, summer workouts and fall camp, and you just want to give up? And get out of here. I'm I'm that that tweet, I never want to see it again. I I I think Emmanuel Ocho, I think he needs to delete Twitter for the rest of the day, bro. (laughs) Horrible. What you're sending, the message you're sending to the youth in this country, uh, when when things go bad, you just give up. And I don't rock with that, bro. I don't rock with that at all. Yeah, I said it. Uh, I think I said it last week in reference to to some of the stuff going on inside the Auburn locker room. Uh, yeah, watch watch some Kobe highlights. Watch some Kobe highlights because uh, I went to a Kobe game one time, Blake, in New Orleans, where the Lakers were down by twenty points, and nobody in New Orleans Pelicans gear well, it was Hornets at the time. Nobody in New Orleans gear had any belief their team was going to win. You mm-hmm. know why? Because twenty four was over there in that purple and gold. And yep. you know what happened in that second half? Like Killer. clockwork, brother. Like clockwork. The boy dropped 30 in the second half, and the Lakers won the game by six because you already know what some people are about. Yep. And, yeah, that tweet right there tells me everything that Sam Malacho was about. And any quarterback that ever paints fingernails of his would not be on my quarterback board, brother. I don't mm-hmm. care how well you can explain that thing. You wouldn't be on my board because I already know what I'm getting right there. Not a quarterback. I want a dog. And I ain't never. You can't point out a dog to me that points his fingernails. And I'll stand on that. Appreciate y'all for watching the video. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe. 7 o'clock Central Time, Tuesday, the live show. We will be back. (sighs) And we'll put on our book shoes. (laughs) And we'll try to find a way to tell you guys how this week Auburn might be able to find a win. Until then, man, I I know it's no fun. Losing sucks. Appreciate you guys for still hitting the uh, play button and watching this, man. War Damn Eagle, we love you all. We'll see you guys Tuesday night. War Damn, baby.